You're listening to a podcast from I'dRatherBeWriting.com. I'm Tom Johnson, and I'm talking today with Mary Linderman uh, about lessons learned as a novice API writer. Uh, Mary, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Well, Tom, it's great to talk to you today. And I uh, I live in Chicago. I've been I've worked as a technical writer for a number of years, and uh, I just recently started in the last two years started working as an API writer. I work for a company called Kcura, which is a great software company in the Chicago area, and we develop software for the legal industry. Ah, okay. Okay, Chicago. Okay, that's great. I, you know, you had a conference there a couple of years ago that I attended, right? Did you go to that summit back then? Yes, the STC summit was in Chicago. It was in Rosemont, actually. And it, we had a, a great group of people there, and it was an exciting time. Great, great. So how did you get involved in API documentation? I think my experience is typical for a, a lot of uh, tech writers, how they end up doing different things. Uh, my um, my company uh, decided that they wanted to uh, encourage customers to extend our software product by writing their own customized applications. And so um, we decided that we wanted to expose an API. And uh, in order to you know, in, encourage the adoption of that API, of course, we needed to document it. So all of a sudden, you know, we were looking for someone the the uh, company was looking for someone that could start writing about the documentation, had the communication skills and the technical background to uh, provide this information. And I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And so you said uh, that you've had a little bit of background in programming and some, some classes and so forth. Tell me, wh what kind of background did you have? Did you feel prepared or not? Uh, well, um, originally, I had taken some programming classes in Java just as a tech writer because most of my documentation was written for end users but also for admins. So even as I was writing that kind of documentation, I had a, taken a few Java classes and uh, a class in databases just to help with my general understanding of what I was writing for admins so that when this API position came up, those skill sets, that skill, that background information just naturally flowed into the, the kinds of uh, information I needed for API documentation. I think the key thing though from those that I took away from those classes was that I had read all the, um, the textbooks and online information that we needed to study for the classes. So I had already started to develop a sense of the kinds of terminology I would need to use as I, re I wrote about our API. How strong would you say your your uh, sense of Java was? I mean, do you do you feel like you could program pretty competently, or were you just familiar with terms like? Well, I I was able to get through my my basic courses, so I I, I was familiar with uh, the you know. Uh, Java, you know, the we used uh, JBuilder at one point in time. I was familiar with the concept of uh, an IDE. I was also familiar with the concept of working with class libraries that um, was were used to do document the Java API. I could compile and write a simple program, uh, but the the key. Um, key a twist of fate here is that the company that I work for is a .NET company. We, we um, use .NET technology. So the code samples that I've been working with are primarily in C Sharp. So luckily, um, since Java is an object-oriented language, and so is uh, C Sharp, I was able, and, and there are also some very similar aspects to both languages, I was able to make that transition. But um, it, it, I think that um, 
at least initially starting out from for in my experience I haven't had to write code samples so uh, be, being able to read the code samples understand the data structures that are being used in them understand the concept of class properties methods that seemed to be more key to the kind of um, documentation that I was working on than actually developing my old my own code samples at this point Oh, so that's cool. I, so you actually uh, transitioned from Java to .NET. That's, that's and I'd say that's still a work in progress. But luckily, um, as, as I've mentioned, C, the, the the programming constructs in C sharp, at least on the surface, are very similar. So you could see when they were you know when a in a code sample when a new object was being created when a method was called. So just a, uh, the, the, the knowledge of object-oriented programming itself was just very useful in this case. And tell me about your interactions with engineers. Uh, did, it, did it help to have this background? Or what would you say to people who are kind of uh, breaking into this field? How do they, how do they interact with engineers without uh, having a strong development background? I, I would say read as much as you can um, online content, even books about the particular kinds of technologies that your developers are using. Uh, the advantage to, to being familiar with the terminology, even if you couldn't write a program, is that you can ask better questions to your development team. You can focus on what their implementation details are, and they don't have to explain to you what it means to instantiate a class, what it means to what, what an enumeration is. They'll, you already will have that common understanding between you. So it, it really uh, helps facilitate talking about the kinds of features that they're developing, and it saves an incredible amount of time. The other thing that I think is, is really helpful is uh, when you go to the meetings and you're listening to them talk about implementation details that um, for features that they're developing, you'll, you um, have a better understanding about the kinds of uh, technology they're using, about the kinds of goals that their particular development cycle are, uh, are trying to reach. And that helps you participate in the meetings. It helps you ask questions about: um, Do we will we be document will we be exposing this feature to our and you you know to our third-party developers? Is this a, a feature that we're going to keep private? It, it just really helps you become involved with the 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 um, the program the um, development team and provide better feedback, get a rapport going back and forth because you are talking the same language. And they, and given the fact that they have a lot of time constraints, usually have a lot of time constraints placed on them, anything that you can do to facilitate the transfer of information, I think is really appreciated. Yeah, I, I think it's really important, as you say, to, to be able to speak the same language and understand uh, the concepts and terms and so forth. I think you can also make a better case then um, when you're you're coming as a writer that's knowledgeable about their universe that um, about the importance of documentation and about the importance of being able to capture the kinds of things that they're working on and, prov and provide clear documentation to third-party developers about how to use the API that they're spending all this time and energy developing. Now, uh, going beyond just uh, understanding terms, concepts, uh, techniques. How did you play with the API, or how did you uh, actually start to use it and, and call the methods and try it out yourself? 
Uh, well, that that process took a little bit of time. And one of the things that, since we were starting out with this, the the um, writing comprehensive API documentation was a new new thing for our company. It was it was kind of difficult to um, explain what my role as the as the writer it was for the team. A lot of times I got the code samples and I think that there was just an understanding that I would add the code samples to the documentation and provide whatever descriptive content was needed. So it took a little bit of convincing um, both my development teams um, that it's important for me to play with the API to uh, try to uh, complete run the code samples to see what the user experience was so I could better explain to third-party developers um, you know what the advantages of, of the API of the API were um, in in the Visual Studio which is the IDE used by um, used for .NET applications uh, there's a, a feature called IntelliSense so if you use the dot operator you get a selection of different maybe um, options that that uh, you can specify for a property or an enum or whatever so being able to play with the code and understand what the third-party developers were seeing as they were writing their code I think is instrumental to providing better documentation now um, eventually I was able to work to get a, a like a little test environment set up so that I could run some code samples um, I haven't done that extensively I've played around with it a little bit here and, and a little bit there as time allows um, you'll find especially if you um, like don't have a lot of programming experience and, and are just starting out that it can be very time consuming to play with the code and that you sometimes need to get a lot of um, or need to ask different people for suggestions and help so I think you need to be prepared that that it's going to be an um, evolving experience as you start to play with the um, play with the API yourself but I think it's something instrumental and that it's something you, you should try to uh, reach out and start doing as soon as you start documenting the API now, uh, you said you you were working with C Sharp. Uh, how did you write the documentation? Did you use uh, Sandcastle or some other tool that um, allows you to write directly in the source, or did you have a, a different site? Well, currently, right now, to generate our class libraries, we are using Sandcastle, um, and we. Uh, originally, when I first started working on the documentation, um, the uh, development team wanted to provide uh, an editor that I could just write comments in so I wasn't going into the source code and I don't know how well how familiar your listeners are with Sandcastle but you need to put tag you need to put tagged comments in the source code and then you run Sandcastle which is an automated tool over your source code to produce the class libraries so uh, when I first started working on this project uh, my development team wasn't um, entirely confident with the idea of having the API writer go in to the documentation and add comments in the source code. So we looked at a number of different tools. Some of the tools um, that, that would provide an editor for me to use. And after doing that, and, and again this was two years ago now, maybe we would have a different perspective if we tried to do this now, but some of the tools we looked at uh, 
re, uh, would, would require us to be wedded to, a, wedded to a certain type of technology or a certain have to use a specific tool. And uh, the development team wasn't really comfortable with being that tightly coupled to a, a, an editorial tool. In addition, some of the, some of the tools um, provided separate files for the class library for the uh, comments, so they weren't embedded in the source code. And the development team and I, when we were looking at it, became very concerned that maybe our comments might come out of sync with the source code. So right now, we are still actively working on developing a workflow that will complement both the, the tasks that I and the other API writers we now have at the company need to do um, with the flow of our development um, processes. So what we're currently looking at doing, and right now it's been a lot of give and take between the developers, is, um, is having the writers comment directly in the source code and then um, push that those comments commit them to our, our repository and then have the developers review them for technical accuracy and then they'll merge them with the um, actual source code. So I think that when you first are, are starting out, it, it's really an advantage if you can, if you uh, learn as much as you can about the different tools to generate the class libraries, if you look at other people's class libraries and see how they've put them together, and then you kind of take stock of what your development team is doing and how you might be able to um, fit in your the, the commenting and explain your role as um, as the API writer as being able to add these comments directly to the source code. Like I say, um, I'm still working on refining this the uh, workflow for our organization and what my role is in this process. So it's not always an obvious process. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, editing right in the source seems like uh, one of those things that you have to get some trust from engineers and, and not it maybe isn't something they want to automatically do. Is there anything that you did to kind of persuade the engineers that, yeah, you should be in the source code? I think that really comes in with um, demonstrating that you have an understanding of the technology and the terminology. So if you can, if, um, if you can at least use the proper terms and be able to have a um, develop a good rapport when you're at least starting out writing about the different uh, features in the API that I mean that that you're exactly right that there is a level of confidence that needs to grow between the writers and the developers especially if you're going to be in there in their source code uh, so anything that you can do to be an active participant in the team to show that you have a vested interest in it to um, um, let them know that you understand what they're talking about um, and also to continue to develop your own technical skills. I, I think all of those things uh, definitely would facilitate this process of you becoming more involved with the um, development team and being able to add comments to the source code. The other thing that um, is spurring on this um, effort at our um, company is that we're developing more and more APIs and we're extending our existing base APIs. So um, to have a writer that can go in and directly work with the developers in commenting the code takes a lot of pressure off the development teams. So that, that's also helping to spur on um, the, the active involvement of the writer in the class library development. Now what about uh, non-API reference material, the, the tutorials and, and programming kind of uh, guides? What, what else did you create you know, besides the API reference? Well, I think that um, 
that we actually there's a variety of documentation and as our API has been growing in adoption uh, we find that we have a, a, a larger um, variety of readers that are looking for different things in our um, in our developer site. So right now our developer site hosts our class libraries, but we've also added um, tutorials and the case for our organization, since we're a .NET organization, we found that some of our developers don't have extensive experience with Visual Studio, so we've provided some very detailed step-by-step -step tutorials to get them up and running and familiarized with the, um, with the IDE that they're going to be using to develop with our, our API. We've also provided conceptual information. Even though you'll hear a lot of developers want to go directly to the code, um, some of the less, exper less experienced developers may want to read about conceptual, uh, the conceptual background to your API. Since we're using our uh, documentation to onboard new developers, we found that kind of information can be very helpful for them as well. So it, you even though you may be writing class comments, which tend to be, can tend to be short, rather terse statements, you'll also find that you may be writing tutorials, you may be writing conceptual information. So the stronger your writing skills, that sh um, the stronger writing skills that you can bring to this position, the better off you are, because that's the stuff you can rely on um, automatically. And so that you're just, so what you're constantly trying to develop um, more information about is the technical side. And so for this uh, other information, um, did you put this on a, on a website or did you use a traditional help authoring tool or even a method uh, involving data or something? What, what did you do to publish this um, outside of the Sandcastle tool you're using? So currently um, we have a developer site that's in HTML5 and we generate this site using Flare. And we've been uh, able to, you know, leverage a lot of the features of Flare to get this published. Um, we use snippets when we're repeating different things. We've used Prettify, um, it's a JavaScript syntax highlighting uh, tool that's out there um, to um, provide uh, code, uh, syntax highlighting for our code samples. Um, so we've been able to leverage a lot of fe features from, from Flare in order to provide additional content for the site. Did you ever look at any other API doc sites online and, and find one that was uh, particularly impressive to you that you maybe modeled after? I've looked at uh, several different um, API sites. We have been working on a REST API, so I looked at some of those sites. Um, myself, I've relied heavily on MSDN uh, because frequently I was looking for information that I needed to understand when I was documenting our API. I also spent a lot of time in the in the Java site that's set up by Oracle because my classes were in Java. Uh, at this point in time, for myself, I have been primarily looking at these sites to obtain information that I needed to understand to um, to write the, our API documentation. But there's also a lot of bells and whistles that you can see on different sites, especially the uh, sites that are um, devoted to the REST API. And uh, that's something that I'm still working on exploring. I, I viewed a couple of different sites. Um, but um, again, my I guess my favorite would be MSDN, and simply because I was constantly looking there for information. 
You mentioned the REST API uh, that you're you're going to be documenting soon. Now, as far as I know, uh, there aren't any tools that allow you to kind of generate documentation from a REST API. What What's your plan for documenting that? Well, at this point in time, we actually have a, a REST API that we do have some documentation on our site. And that was a rather laborious process. That You're right. There are no easy tools for that. We've started investigating some ways to possibly automate that, but we haven't made very much progress. So for the most part, we've leveraged uh, as many features of Flare as we can. We've um, t you know, added JSON samples to the sites to show uh, what was retur what's returned through our REST API, things like that. But it's been a pretty laborious um, manual process for adding different code samples for the REST API. And frankly, I don't really have a good answer for your question. Well, it, it's good. I, I'm going to be exploring REST APIs and some other stuff coming up, but uh, I think they definitely pose a challenge. We, we had a, an API workshop here a while ago, and a lot of people were curious about REST APIs and, and how they approach them um, because, yeah, there's not like a definitive tool set for them. Um, but anyway, uh, tell me more about, um, you mentioned code samples just a minute ago. When you're working with code samples, let's say an engineer gives you a code sample, how do you know if it's good or not? I mean, do you, do you ever come back and, and say, this isn't clear or how do you evaluate it? And I think when I was first starting out, this this particular situation offered a, a, a real challenge to me because uh, I was the writer, but and I acknowledged to myself that I didn't have the same level of technical expertise that either de the developer giving me the code sample had or the developer who might be looking at the code sample as a reader would have. But I, over time. I, I would go through the code samples and try to read through them. And if I found one that was particularly difficult to understand, that I had to spend a lot of time going over to figure out, I would go back to my development team. And um, sometimes I, I just, I was very lucky that I had a great group of developers that would, um, I would, you know, explain what what issue I was stumbling over as I was going through the code sample, and sometimes I would get the response, yeah, you know, I was concerned that that maybe that part was confusing, or maybe we can break this down and make it a little simpler. So I had very positive responses from my development team, but I think part of my uh, perseverance um, on following up with them and asking them for questions asking them for possibly a better code sample or a clearer code sample was that if I was struggling with it, and, and this is part of my job, what is somebody that's just looking at the site to get information very quickly going to do? Are they going to spend the time going line by line trying to figure out a code sample that might be a little bit too convoluted or maybe a little bit uh, too advanced for their level? So I really had to use my gut feeling as a tech writer and go back and say, this might be a great code sample for an advanced developer, but maybe for this part of the site, we only want to provide a very focused, simple, and direct code sample for a novice, someone that's that's just learning our API, um, and then maybe suggest that an advanced sample would go in another section of our site. Or maybe we could roll the advanced sample into a, a sample application. 
uh, like as I say that a lot of times we've had gone through several uh, iterations of our developer site now and we've gotten a lot of feedback from both internal readers as well as our external developers so I could also bring that feedback about our code samples to our development team and we really have been working together to figure out what are the best ways to present this information what are the best type of code samples that a variety of users can find accessible you mentioned that you've been uh, you've been doing this for a couple of years. Um, do you still are you still in learning mode? Uh, do you constantly read books on programming, or are you kind of at the point where you no longer have to do that? I I still am. I've been working as an API writer for about two years, and I feel that I'm still very much in learning mode. Uh, I I I still read like as I. We, as we started to develop the REST API, I went and looked at different books and different websites that were presenting that information, not just to see the layout or the presentation, but to understand the terminology and concepts that different writers have felt were important for their developers to understand in, about these particular types of APIs. Um, I'm still working closely with my team just to make sure that I have a better understanding of the C-sharp code samples and the basic functionality that we're providing and basic discussions of functionality that we're providing for our, um, our current API. So I think that um, as the development team is adopting new technology, I need to follow suit. So I would say that one thing, if you're looking at broadening your your career experience into this area that you have to really enjoy working with the technology and be interested in learning about new technology as it is as it emerges as your development team start adopting it you're going to need to follow you know follow in their footsteps basically and understand the kinds of things that they'll be um, that they'll be using the kinds of tools and, and technology that they'll be using in developing the API. So it's really, I think, an evolving kind of of, uh, of area that, that you're always going to be a learner. Now, comparing your experience uh, doing end-user documentation versus your experience doing developer documentation, which do you find more enjoyable? Same or different in terms of enjoyment as a tech writer? You know, I've kind of come to to view the API documentation very much as I view the um, end user documentation. I think the API documentation offers some additional um, intellectual challenges because there's um, a new technology that you have to learn. But I think that same um, uh, willingness to want to play with the UI is, is very much something that translates to wanting to play with the API. Um, the, um, the the desire to experiment, just as you would if you're working on writing um, information about a, 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 a you know UI, you still want to experiment and play with the API. So I think that there's give and take with both of them. I do feel that there's a lot that you have a lot of greater intellectual challenges because you also have to do this outside work to understand the technology that you that may be used in the API. So I think that's offered me a you know a wonderful opportunity to just keep um, you know being a lifelong learner in my field and and also um, just trying to explore different ways to communicate this kind of information. Just as we were mentioning about the REST APIs. 
You know, uh, your comment uh, brings up an interesting point that somebody once told me. Um, with end-user documentation, you have an interface that you're explaining and that, that pe people interact with. But with API documentation, the interface that people are interacting with, that, de that developers are interacting with, is pretty much the documentation. So it's kind of it, kind of a different mode there. Yes, and I, I've come to learn to love reading class libraries. <laughs> That's <laughs> maybe a sad comment, but um, uh, just exploring through the class libraries, looking through them, trying to, to see how um, different uh, features are described by other writers, like I say, at MSDN or through the Java doc, and also trying to figure out what kinds of additional information that I can add to our API class libraries. I, I think it it's... It's really that that's you're exactly right. That is where you do a lot of your interaction with um, the API. So Mary, we covered a lot of ground here. Is there any point that uh, you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to? Well, I think that um, that I guess the one thing I'd like to highlight is that the API writing offers a great deal of in, of intellectual challenge if you're ready to go a step further. Um, you need to trust your gut. You need to realize that you're bringing to this role your writing skills and that those writing skills are invaluable in this role. So don't let the technology, understanding of technology, overwhelm the fact that you're bringing a very important um, set of skills as a writer to this particular area. And I think you can really uh, blend these two interests of yours if you have them in technology and writing as in uh, working about working with APIs. Well, thanks, Mary. Um, I just wanted to, to mention for the readers that uh, Mary has an article that, that she's written called Lessons Learned as a Novice API Writer that's going to be coming out in the STC Intercom in a few months. I believe it's a September issue. So definitely check that out. She talks about a lot of these, these same uh, uh, experiences. Well, thank you, Mary. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.